0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, July 29, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. One man was safely rescued after his fishing boat ran aground near Cape Fairweather on Thursday. Coast Guard headquarters in Juneau received word shortly before 7 a.m. that the 42-foot west bank was on a rocky beach and listing, about 10 miles north of Latuya Bay. The Good Samaritan vessel North Star stood by to assist during the incident and relayed radio calls between the West Bank and the Coast Guard. A Coast Guard Air Station Sitka helicopter crew arrived on scene and landed on the beach near the vessel at about 10.20 a.m., took the captain of the West Bank aboard, and transported him to Air Station Sitka to await emergency medical personnel. In a news release, the Coast Guard said they were glad to have help from the North Star in coming to the aid of the West Bank. In son Max Carfagno, the command duty officer, stated that we are grateful to the Good Samaritan vessel that stayed on scene to assist with communications with the West Bank. The cause of the incident is under investigation. No details about weather conditions or sea state were immediately available. The West Bank is homeported in Juneau and registered in the Troll, Gillnet, and Longline Fisheries. The threshold to close down Lincoln Street to traffic is rising again. Beginning on August 1st, Lincoln Street will only close when Sitka's projected cruise passenger count is 5,000 or higher. The city raised the threshold from 3,000 to 4,000 actual passengers in mid-June. At the time, City Administrator John Leach told the Assembly that they would close the street based on actual passenger counts, not the projected capacity of ships that call to Sitka. But at Tuesday night's meeting, Leach said figuring out exactly how many passengers were aboard the boats proved challenging.
1: Since then, we've learned that ships uh, consider their passenger counts proprietary and were having a difficult time obtaining passenger counts prior to their arrival. We've also learned that since passenger counts were difficult to obtain, that our team's been using historical counts to estimate the next, they were using previous weeks to estimate the next week uh, on, on the numbers arriving
0: with booking rates hovering around 70 to 80 percent, Leach said that meant that on a few occasions, the city may have closed Lincoln Street when fewer than 4,000 passengers were in town. At
1: this new threshold and with the booking rates we've been experiencing, I can can be relatively certain that at least 3,500 to 4,000 actual passengers will be in Sitka, which should more than justify a closure of Lincoln Street to meet the intent of the short-term tourism plan.
0: The change begins on August 1st. The new threshold will cut the number of closure days by nine, and there will be no more Lincoln Street closures after September 15th. Sitka Superior Court Judge Jude Pate is in the running to become a member of Alaska's Supreme Court. The Alaska Judicial on Monday announced the names of the seven candidates for the state's highest court. Pate is the only candidate from Southeast Alaska for the five-member panel, which currently has no members from this region. He was appointed by Governor Bill Walker to the bench in 2018 after serving years as a public defender. Among the other seven candidates is Danny Crosby, a Superior Court judge in Anchorage. Crosby was raised in in Sitka, graduated from high school here, but has spent her legal career as an attorney and judge in South Central. She was one of three finalists for an appointment to the high court last year. Although the governor makes the final selection to the court, the Alaska Judicial Council itself is nonpartisan. After a series of surveys, interviews, and public hearings, the council will meet in mid-November to pick a list of finalists eligible for the position. As reported in the Alaska Beacon, in addition to the judges Pate and Crosby, the pool of seven candidates includes Kotzebue Superior Court Judge Paul Rotman, who has applied for Supreme Court vacancies in 2016, 2020, and 2021. State attorneys Margaret Patton Walsh and Kate Demarest are also among the seven applicants for the high court. Both are considered to be among the top litigation attorneys at the Alaska Department of Law. Patton Walsh has applied twice previously for a Supreme Court vacancy. Demarest was a finalist to become a judge in the Anchorage Superior Court, but was not selected. Two of the seven applicants are working in private practice. Amy Oravec of Fairbanks is the general counsel for Doyon Utilities. Holly Wells of Anchorage is an attorney at Birch, Horton, Bittner, and Chereau, and has repeatedly argued cases in front of the Alaska Supreme Court, including the recent cases involving legislative redistricting. The candidates are seeking to replace Chief Justice Daniel Winfrey, who will retire after reaching the state's constitutionally mandated retirement age. All seven will be the subject of a statewide Bar Association survey through August 26th, and Alaska attorneys will be asked to rate each candidate's skills, ability, and fairness. The public can also comment on the candidates via email. You can find a link on our website, kcaw.org. One of the two candidates seeking to represent Sitka in the Alaska House has reported raising and spending some money. The other has reported no activity on that front. It's still early in the race for the House District 2 seat, representing Petersburg, Sitka, Cake, and many other small island communities in southeast. Education specialist and nonpartisan candidate Rebecca Himschut of Sitka, and Republican and heavy equipment operator Kenny Carl Scaffelstad, both filed required campaign finance reports with the Alaska Public Offices Commission this month. Those reports cover fundraising and spending from February through mid-July. Himschut reported nearly thirty thousand dollars in income and over twenty-one thousand dollars in spending during that time. Most of those expenses are for campaign travel to several of the communities in the district along with other outreach to voters. Meanwhile, Skaffelstad reported zero campaign income, no spending, and no cash on hand. He's a former mayor and city councilor from HUNA, and he's run for the House seat twice before, losing in the primary in 2018 and in the general election two years ago. The primary election is August 16th. Since the top four candidates in each race advanced to the general election, both will be on the ballot in November. With just about a month to go before the state primary election, candidates for Ketchikan, Wrangell, Petersburg, and Sitka seats in the Alaska legislature are filing their first campaign disclosure reports. As KRBD's Eric Stone reports, House and Senate incumbents have a lead in fundraising.
2: Ketchikan Representative Dan Ortez, an independent, is looking to hang on to his seat in the newly redrawn District 1. The area includes Ketchikan, Wrangell, Metlakatla, Hyder, Saxman, and now the Prince of Wales Island communities of Kauffman Cove and Whale Pass. Cortez told Alaska's campaign finance monitor that he's raised more than $16,000 in contributions between February 2nd and July 15th. That's the reporting period. Almost $6,000 of that is self-funding. Things like signs, banners, plane tickets, and newspaper ads he bought with his own money. He says the campaign is going well during this early phase.
1: I'm encouraged. It sounds, I'm not having too much problem at all uh, fundraising. Um, and um, and um, So yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about things. I'm feeling like um i'm not recognizing any upswell up uh swell of anti ortiz uh sentiment out there either on social media or anywhere else so um I think it's you
2: know i think i' um, it's going pretty well Outside contributions to Ortez's campaign averaged $300 a piece, with about 40% coming from donors who listed their home address outside the district. Almost all of that out of district money comes from organizations. Labor groups pitched in a total of $1,500 for Ortez's campaign, and two dental organizations chipped in $1,000 each.
1: But, you know, the, the Alaska Dental Society, of course, includes local dentists who are part of that organization and certainly wouldn't have received um, that unless I had support from local dentists, which I'm glad to do. I have local support because my teeth are really important to me. So, you know, it's, it's a
2: good thing. <laughs> Ortiz had just shy of $16,000 on hand as of July 15th. He says he's raised a total of about $70,000 during his last campaign and is looking to take in a similar amount during this year's election cycle. His Republican challenger, Ketchikan Gateway Borough Member Jeremy Bynum, reports nearly $13,000 in contributions. The vast majority, all but about $350 of that, comes from Bynum himself, including a $10,000 check to kickstart his campaign and a variety of purchases he made with his own money. Bynum says he's still working on getting his fundraising apparatus up and running.
1: Overall, I think it's going well. We've gotten a lot of phone calls and uh, people emailing said that they would like to support the campaign. It just takes
2: some time to try to get those mechanisms in place so that they can adequately do that. In the race for Senate District A, Republican incumbent Burt Stedman of Sitka raised $21,500 through July 15th. Stedman says he's just getting started with his reelection campaign. Well, it's
1: early yet, it's particularly along the coast. You know, we've got tourism season going full speed with our visitors, we've got fishing season full swing. We're, people are busy working, so. Uh, the campaign will start to uh, slowly uh, pick up the pace and accelerate through November.
2: All but $500 so far comes from donors outside the district. Stedman's 23 listed donors averaged more than $900 apiece, including $14,500 from seafood industry executives and managers. He says much of that came from a recent fundraiser in Washington state.
1: Well, the fishing processing uh, industry is mainly outside of Alaska, mainly they're based in Seattle. And that's just due to the economics of the industry itself, where the, you know, the fishermen obviously are spread out throughout the coast.
2: He says he's planning to hold an event with fisherfolk at the end of the summer season. Stedman has just over $23,000 in his campaign bank account, according to the report. His lone challenger, Petersburg handyman and Republican Mike Sheldon, raised just shy of $2,500. All of that came from individuals averaging about $100 each. About half comes from outside the district. Sheldon also kicked in $500 of his own money towards the campaign. He's sitting on about 800 bucks as of mid-July. Sheldon says he's looking to ramp up donations as the election draws nearer. The state primary election is scheduled for August 16th, but with fewer than four candidates in each race, all are expected to advance from the pick-one primary to the ranked-choice general election. That's on November 8th. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone.
0: I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, July 29th, 2022. Today, mostly cloudy, chance of rain showers, highs in the upper 50s, light winds. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain showers, lows in the mid 50s, light winds becoming east around 10 miles per hour late. Good morning. Mm